This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. Hi, welcome to Food to One Connection. I'm here with Kelsey Hockaday and Kaylee Miller talking about the Culture Awareness Coalition. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for welcome. having us. So tell us about the Culture Awareness Coalition and how did you both get involved? Um, well, I'm Katie Miller, um, and the Cultural Awareness Co Coalition is a community-wide group of volunteers who actively work to promote a community where all people can live and grow and thrive. Um, so volunteers are individuals who are either really passionate about the work or represent other organizations in the community. Um, and we are supported by the Midland Area Community Foundation, and they support our work um, in creating this inclusive environment and inclusive community that we, that we really envision for Midland. Um, so for me personally, I am the representative from two different organizations to the CAC. So I am the liaison from the Midland Center for the Arts as well as the Midland County Inclusion Alliance. And I think I've been involved for maybe, I think about three years now. Um, yeah, so, and I serve on the Cultural Awareness Month subcommittee. And I'm Kelsey Hockaday. I'm from Disability Network of Mid-Michigan, so I'm the liaison for DNMM. Um, I've been with the CAC for about a year now, maybe a little over a year. Um, I serve on the um, Cultural Awareness Month subcommittee, and I also help with the Juneteenth um, Black Party planning. Um, and getting involved, um, you know, was just... Um, seemed natural to me. I do a lot of diversity education and inclusion at Disability Network, so being involved on a wider scale was just really great. Wow. Thank you. So, what does culture awareness mean to you? Um, culture is really our whole way of life. Um, it's made up of our values and our beliefs, um, our traditions, our food, our dance, our celebrations. Um, so when you are culturally aware, I think it means that you recognize that people's traditions and their beliefs and maybe how they act and the things they celebrate in their life comes from their culture. Oh, really cool. Yeah. So why do we celebrate cultural differences? I mean, that's the best way, honestly, to build relationships and build bridges between different people in our community. So when you celebrate cultural differences, the things that make us unique and, um, and special, you know, we're really honoring each other and we're connecting to each other in a really special way. Um, so we know that 
bias, right? The kind of like, mm, I'm not sure about you sort of feeling um, is rooted in ignorance. So when we find ways to come together, to learn about each other, and to then celebrate the things that make us different, um, we really learn to understand and respect each other in a really special way. And that is how one of the ways that the CAC and the people that you know do this work want to, or one of the ways that we use to move us towards this idea of a community that's inclusive and welcoming where everyone can live their lives and really thrive. Wow, that's really cool. It is really cool, I agree. So, how did your small group share your mission? So the CAC has a lot of different subcommittees um, that we work to impact different areas of the community. So some of the subcommittees include the Cultural Awareness Subcommittee, which Katie and I are both a part of, and we're here to talk to you about Cultural Awareness Month coming up. Um, but there's also subcommittees for Neighboring Week for um, Community Conversations, which is a program that gets different nonprofits together to do diversity education and inclusion training. Um, and then we also do a lot of collaborative work, like with the Juneteenth Block Party, um, the Lunar New Year celebration, um, Kid Zone um, stage at the uh, River Day. So we're active in a lot of different parts of the community. Wow, mm -hmm. that's really cool. Yeah. It gives people a lot of opportunity to use their talents in different ways Absolutely. too, which is really exciting. Yeah, I agree to that too. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about Cultural Awareness Month. Cultural Awareness Month is the month of October and it's a long-standing tradition here in Midland County. Um, and it's a series of events that different organizations put together around this idea of exploring and celebrating culture. Um, so we have a whole list of things that are coming up during the month of October, but I'll highlight just a few of them. Um, so at the Midland Center for the Arts on October 13th, the Gavilon Brothers, which is an amazing um, musical duo, will be performing and then we'll be hosting a celebration and reception afterwards where you can meet and greet with the artist um, and the other people in the community. Um, on October, uh, October 21st, the Islamic Center of Midland is going to be hosting an open house for the first time in like five or six years, um, where you can browse cultural displays, hear speakers, and meet your Muslim neighbors. Um, the Breaking Bread Village, our friend Aaron Patrice, is going to be hosting a live show on October 24th at the Grace Adel Library, exploring different ideas of morality and ideology, which is going to be really exciting. Um, and we have a few other things coming up, but I know you're doing some things with Disability Network, Kelsey. Yeah, Disability Network, um, in conjunction with Aaron Patrice at the Breaking Bread Village, is is doing a two-part panel where we're going to talk about the disability community um, and what happens when people with disabilities come together and celebrate. So um, a lot of cool different things that we're going to highlight are um, caregivers of people with disabilities, people with disabilities coming together um, to do things in the community and all of the different ways that we show up. Um, and so we're also having uh, an equity challenge from the United Way, which is going to be a 10-day challenge in late October um, that's going to focus on the Alice population. And that means um, asset limited, income constrained, employed. Um, so those are folks who um, are traditionally underserved. And so we're going to talk about that population and disability in that equity challenge. And that's going to be a really great learning opportunity. Wow. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, there's a lot of great things happening that month. Yes. So do you have any favorite memories about the Cultural Awareness Coalition? 
Yeah, I think um, one of the, my favorite projects that I've been involved with, kind of from a lot of different angles, is uh, you know being on the on the committee that founded and built out the first ever Juneteenth block party um, back in 2021 and or 2022, and we just did another one in 2023. So the chance to do this for the first time ever and celebrate Juneteenth as a federal holiday and bring people together around food and music and this idea of celebrating that cultural moment in particular um, has been a lot of fun. It's challenging, but a really fun event to pull together. Um, we got to work with a ton of different people from across the community to make that a reality. So that's been one of my favorite projects I've worked on. Wow. Um, I have to second that. I think bringing the Juneteenth Black Party to life um, has been instrumental for the community, seeing the joy that it creates for um, folks who haven't had that celebration before and an outlet for that celebration is really impactful. Um, but my other favorite thing about working with the Cultural Awareness Coalition is just the community and being connected to people, like-minded people throughout the community who just want to improve where we're living, make people feel included, um, and just getting to work with um, folks like that from all over the community um, is a really, it's really rewarding and fulfilling. Wow. Sounds like a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. We have yes. a lot of fun at the CAC. <laughs> we do. How can we learn more about the Midland Cultural Awareness Coalition. So our all of our information is housed on the Midland Area Community Foundation website. So there's a separate page on the website for the Cultural Awareness Coalition where you can go and find out about all of our programs and all of our initiatives. Um, but in terms of Cultural Awareness Month events, you'll want to go visit the Max Loves Midland community calendar, um, maxlovesmidland.com. Um, and there, all of our events for the month are tagged with uh, Cultural Awareness Month. So you can go and search for those in particular, and it'll have all the details for all of the plethora of things that we have up. Uh, coming up to celebrate Cultural Awareness Month. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much for joining the Connection. Thank you, Luke. It's such so, a pleasure. So that was Kelsey Hockaday and Katie Miller from the Cultural Awareness Coalition. I'm your host, Luke Dunlay from Playtime Connection, signing off. Hi. Welcome. Three, two, one, connection. This time we have Anne Maneri who are going to be talking about what a county clerk does. So, welcome to the show. Thanks, Luke. It's my pleasure to be here with you today. So, it's good to see you. So, how do you get involved with the county clerk's office? Um, so, it's kind of a long story, but okay. I'll make it quick. Um, I started working there in 1987 as wow. a high school co-op. I know, that was a long time ago. Um, but I worked there as a high school co-op and really enjoyed the work that they did there. And so in 1990, I was offered a full-time position and worked my way up through the ranks. And today I'm now the county clerk. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank Hello. you. So... Tell us more about what you do at the county clerk's office. So the county clerk's office has lots of different roles within the community. So if you need a birth certificate and you were born here in Midland, you can come see us. Um, if you get married and you need a marriage license, you could come down to the office and get a copy of that. 
we also do all of the elections for Midland County. So any election that's happening, even if it's just a small school election, is run through the county clerk's office. So we um, go out and we train all the election workers. There's about 300 election workers in the county that wow. we train. Um, uh, every two years we have to do that. Um, so elections are a big part of our job, but we also do um, DBAs. So if you're doing business under a name other than your own, you would come to the county clerk's office and record that business name with us. Um, we also do concealed pistol licenses, so if someone wants to be able to carry uh, a weapon concealed in the state of Michigan, you apply at your county clerk's office and we get you the, uh, the permit to be able to do that. Wow. So lots of fun things. Yes. What do you do at the second office at the circuit court? So a lot of people don't know that the county clerk is also the clerk of the circuit court here in Midland. And again, lots of responsibilities in that office as well. So if you happen to get a jury questionnaire um, or you have been asked to serve on jury duty, that comes out of the circuit court clerk's office. We also handle any uh, matters related to children. So uh, children custody, um, support, if people get divorced, we handle all the divorces in Midland, um, felony cases, so if you get in big trouble, you would be in circuit court. Um, we also do passports uh, in my office, so if you need to get a passport, you can always come to the circuit court clerk's office and come see us, and we'll help you out with that. Wow. Really amazing. Lots of diverse things, so that's why I love my job, because yes. I get to do all kinds of different things on a regular basis. So, how do you keep track of all the records for the county? So, used to be everything was only paper. We always had to keep paper copies of every document that was filed in the office, whether it be a birth record, a death record, a marriage license, or if it was a court filing. Um, we are now starting to digitize images, um, but we, we still have to keep hard copies of a lot of documents. But we're, we are trying to move to some digital media where we can actually store some of that so we can kind of free up some space because you can imagine if you have court records all the way back to 1947 uh, to the present day and it's in hard copy, that takes a lot of room. So we are trying to digitize as much as possible, but still making sure that you know we're preserving the, the documents for, for the people of Midland County. Wow. How can people in Midland County vote? So um, we had a proposal passed last year. It was actually a constitutional amendment that changed some rules regarding the election process. So now you have three different ways you can vote in Midland. Um, you can go to your precinct on election day, which you've always been able to do. You also can vote absentee, which is where you contact your clerk, township and or city clerk, and request an absentee ballot be sent to you. And you can get that at your home, vote it at your leisure, mail it back in, or drop it off to your local uh, clerk's office. And now, because of the constitutional amendment, we are also going to have nine days of early voting 
and those will be, it'll start the Saturday before the election, uh, I'm sorry, the, the week, the Saturday before. So if the election's on a Tuesday, it's the week before on a Saturday. Um, and for nine days, you'll be able to come here, because we're actually going to do it here at the library, and we'll have a voting super center where you'll be able to come in, doesn't matter where you live in the, in the county, you'll be able to come in and you'll be able to cast a ballot right here at this location. Um, we will have hours and the dates uh, published as soon as we know when the first election in 2024 is going to happen. We'll have that available so people will be able to come here and vote. So three different options so everybody will be able to, to vote. Wow. That's cool. Yes, we, we want to make sure people can vote. That was the big deal with, with the constitutional amendment. So. Yes. Do you have any favorite memories of working for the county clerk? Well, I've been with the county clerk's office for almost 34 years, so I have lots of memories. But probably my favorite one, you made me think hard about this when I saw the question. Um, when I first started working for the clerk's office, I did a lot of the genealogy research for people who were looking for information about their families. And I always enjoyed doing that. But my favorite one was we had some uh, folks that were remodeling and they dug up some of their property and they found a headstone from a cemetery on their property and it had been buried for a number of years, so they had no idea how to figure out where it came from. So I literally was able to go back through the records and found the person who had passed away um, in actually 1873, and it was actually able to track their family down and return the headstone to them. Um, and that would have been in like 1992 or 93, I, I, I did that. So just like fun things like that, that you know, actually reuniting something with a, with a family, that was, that was a really feel good moment, so. Wow. That was a, that was a good memory for me. So where can I learn more about the Melancholy Clerk's Office? Um, probably the, the best place, if you have questions, would be to go on uh, the website, the, the uh, midlandcounty.org uh, website. It has all the county departments listed on there, but you could go to the county clerk's homepage, my homepage, or you certainly could always email me or give me a phone call. My email is amaneri at co.midland.mi.us. And within a day or two, I will, I will get back to you if you send me an email if you have questions. Well, thank you for joining. Thank you so much, Luke. I appreciated so, it. So that was Amaneri talking about her job as a county clerk. And I'm your talk show host, Luke. Jim Wright, Facebook Connections, signing off. Hi. Welcome to Three Two One Connection. This time we have Julian on and Eric K. We're going to talk about the cancer services. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Luke. So welcome. So how did you get involved with cancer services? Well, I have been with cancer services for a number of years as the executive director, and Eric, my colleague 
can tell you about how we found him and when he yeah. started. So I have been with Cancer Services about three, three and a half years. Wow. Um, made the transition from health administration world to the nonprofit world, and honestly, I couldn't be, couldn't be happier. Before I worked at Cancer Services, I worked at the Temple Theater in Saginaw, and a friend of mine told me of a position that was open, and I had been attending fundraisers for Cancer Services for many, many years. So I found it intriguing, and it was a, uh, I love it, actually. But I wanted Eric to say that he hired with Cancer Services. We met him and hired him uh, a week before the pandemic. Three days. Wow. Three days before Three the days. pandemic shut down. So he had training from afar and worked with our clients from afar, from home when we had a shelter in place. And now it's been three and a half years you've been with us and it's been, a, it's been great. Our clients love Eric. Yes, congratulations. Yeah. So can it be scary to have cancer? It can be very scary to have cancer for anyone, any age. Yes, yes it can. Fear of the unknown, I think, right, Eric? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people when they come to us, uh, you know, it's their first diagnosis, so they, they don't know what to expect. Yeah. So, it can be pretty, pretty scary, pretty overwhelming. Yeah. So, how emotional is cancer? Oh, what kind of emotional support do we have? Well, a lot. We have a lot of emotional support. So what we would like the public to know is that we serve a lot of, we serve 600 clients annually, wow. right? And a lot of them are underserved, so they might need financial aid and uh, help with, with bills like um, car repairs and rent and mortgage and taxes. Uh, but we also serve a population that doesn't need financial aid and they need emotional support because regardless of your income cancer can wreak havoc on a person and they're emo and take an emotional toil right mm -hmm. so yeah we offer a pretty pretty wide variety of wow. emotional services um, a big part of what we do is monthly support groups so okay. we have monthly support groups for our patients and we have caregiver support groups as well that are specifically designed for for the caregivers of, of our clients. Um, we offer private one-on-one -on -one counseling sessions. We have what we call the PALS program, which stands for Partners as Life Survivors, where we can partner somebody with somebody who has just been diagnosed and just came on board with us. We wow. partner them with someone who has already gone through treatment. Um, so they can talk to someone who's been through the exact diagnosis. Mm -hmm and we're happy about that. We also have wellness programs. Yes, we offer um, bi-weekly yoga sessions every two weeks. Um, that are specific to our clients. They're private uh, classes, So, and the instructors are certified to work with people that might have um, physical mm -hmm. limitations because of the cancer diagnosis or cancer treatment. So yeah, and we have three different counselors. We like to, so Eric knows all of our clients. They all love him. But he, when someone requests uh, private counseling, 
Eric can look at the three counselors that we use. One is uh, uh, and and the demographic that they would be best connected with. So like one is a younger man and he works with our younger clientele. We have a very wisdom filled um, counselor with a lot of experience. We work with a woman that is also a, she's a psychotherapist, but she also is a um, licensed chaplain. So if people are looking for spiritual support, Eric would identify based on the personality of the client that he's working with, mm -hmm. who would be the best fit. Wow. I know. I know, it's a lot. Yes. So, what are some services you provide to help families with their physical needs? Uh, with physical needs? Yes. Go ahead, Eric. Oh. Um, thinking about physical needs, a lot of what we do oh. is um, we have a, a boutique in our office space, which we call the Unique Boutique, okay. um, where we provide you know nutritional supplements, any kind of supplies that they might need while they're while they're going through treatment. Um, yeah. So it's called a Unique Boutique, and we have hundreds of wigs. We have prosthesis for people that um, have mastectomies if they have breast cancer. Uh, with a prosthetic, uh, they're they're expensive. It's four hundred dollars per side. And that, with that, you would require special undergarments to wear. Uh, we also have a lot of the equipment that people need while they're fighting cancer that they never really wanted, like uh, wheelchairs, walkers, canes, um, you know, safety rails, bedside commodes, hand, hand rails, things like that. Adult briefs, food supplements like Ensure, because a lot of people when they have chemotherapy they lose weight and and a lot of times their doctor does not want them to lose weight so we provide all of that because it's expensive mm -hmm. yes and we provide that uh, we we have a program through um, that we partner with my Michigan health for the the oncology nutrition program where we can actually send clients to a one-on-one -on -one, um, session with a nutritionist at the hospital to kind of go over you know how they can best, you know, ensure that they're getting the, the proper nutrition while they're going through treatment. Wow. So the nutritionist understands if they if they're having chemotherapy, if they have uh, trachs or they need feeding tubes, and she can help each individual uh, based on their need, make sure that they get through their cancer journey more healthy. It's great. Yeah. It's a good idea. So. Are there any hospitals a lot like St. Jude? Are there hospitals like St. Jude? Not here, but I, I would say that our hospital's fantastic. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was doing, I think they're doing a good job. Yeah. Oh, yes. that's nice. Yeah. Okay. What's the one thing you wish more people know about cancer services? So all of our services are free. Cancer Services was founded in 1948, wow. so a lot of years ago, right? 75 years, older than, older than all of us, maybe not combined, but <laughs> older than all of us. <laughs> uh, all of our services are free. We tell our clients that it is a one-way street. When they're going through cancer and uh, through their journey, it's, it's a one-way street. We won't even accept donations from our clients. So they can get rides to treatment, anything from the unique boutique. We help with bills, 
all of the emotional support, it's all free. And wow. we can only pay for that because people support us, like mm -hmm. uh, through fundraisers, local businesses and local individuals, Michigan Health Endowment Fund. So how can I learn more about the cancer services? How can they know more about us? Yeah, um, they can call our office. Um, they can visit our website. Our website is www.cancerservicesmidland.org. Um, or they can just simply stop in to, to take a tour of the building. We love, we love to have company. Come and we will give you a tour. Mm -hmm. We love our agency and we're very grateful because uh, our partners at My Michigan Health are going to allow us to live in the cancer center. We'll be able to not live. We get to work there, but it is our home, so we consider it living. Um, free of charge, we're going to be on the campus of My Michigan Health in the cancer center in 2024. Wow. And they're, they're giving us a beautiful space so that it makes it easier for their patients to get support when they're getting treatment. They won't have to take a car or get a ride to get items from us. It'll just be under one beautiful roof. Wow, congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, we're excited. Very nice meeting you. You too. It's been there too as well. Yeah, it was nice to meet you. So that was Eric K and to learn on about cancer services. I want to thank all the people who came today. And I'm your host, Luke John Wright, Luke John Connection, signing off. Thank you. This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov MCTV. We hope you enjoy the following presentation.